renewed concern when it comes to remote learning and just how much learning your child is actually doing during the pandemic. There's a new study out of the UK today suggesting that kids there, that their language skills have been falling behind because of remote or pandemic learning. And for more on this, we're joined now by Annie Kidder, of course, CEO for People for Education. She joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Annie, good afternoon. Nice to have you back with us. Nice to be here. Thank you very much, Jeff. Okay, uh, there are indications that uh, kids, as I mentioned, this is out of the UK, are falling behind because uh, one of the things, I guess, Annie, that remote learning just can't really replicate or replace is that social interaction. Well, is so is the the you know this kind of in real time teacher student relationship you know face to face it can't replicate that so and all of the other social aspects I think that that's true I think people have been doing kind of yeoman duty trying to do as best they can um, but it definitely it's easier for kids to kind of fall through the cracks because you can't necessarily see them if they're not you know totally with you. Um, and it's harder for kids to stay on task because they're not in a classroom surrounded by other people. Um, and there are all different ways that, that students learn. And part of it can be online, absolutely, uh, but not. But having all of it be online is very difficult. I think the other thing that's important here is there's a study coming out of the UK. There is a dearth of studies are a dearth, whatever, whether it's plural or singular, um, in Ontario. So researchers have been uh, kind of raising red flags about in Ontario, do we understand um, how kids are doing? There's been quite a lot of um, research about mental health, raising also serious concerns, uh, but not as much provincially about that you know, so-called learning loss. So that's a worry too. Yeah, and this might be something that we just uh, don't know. We don't uh, figure out until somewhat uh, down the line, unfortunately, for a lot of students and a lot of kids, because, uh, you know, one of the interesting things, I think, about the study from the UK about uh, language skills and falling behind is maybe one of those things that we discounted a little bit or uh, really didn't pay attention to was, as you mentioned, there's so many different ways that kids uh, learn. It's just not through teacher interaction, but it's also with their fellow students and their friends. And when you do not have that kind of social interaction, because again, remote learning just can't replicate that when they don't have that on a day-to-day -day basis, inevitably uh, kids uh, are going to follow up, fall behind on things like uh, language skills and interaction. Well, and especially if you think about all the little kids, you know, we're talking four-year-olds trying to learn online, but kids in grade one and grade two, where you're building a lot of really basic, you know, vital skills, some of them about uh, collaborating and communicating, all of the kind of social emotional skills, some of them about, about just plain old words um, that you don't have, you know, show and tell in the same way, though they have been having it online. You don't have that constant kind of uh, interaction where you build like all, you know, there's that book or cliche about everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Well, it's partly true, um, but partly you learn those things um, in real life. Now, again, we've been in an emergency, so we, we haven't had much of a choice, but I think it's great you're talking to the next two people you're talking to, because what we really need is a real plan to take care of the health issues uh, so that we can make sure we can get kids back to school. We need paid sick leave. We need all the things the health 
and the science table have been saying we need um, in order to be able to have kids be back in school. Uh, but we also need the research, Ontario research. There's research out of Netherlands, too, and there's been some out of the Toronto District School Board, and they've raised the same concern about kids in grade one uh, who they feel are behind by a couple of months, and a couple of months has a big impact on your on your learning, even though it seems like a short amount of, of learning to miss. Sure, particularly for the younger age groups and the, the younger uh, grades where you do so much uh, learning in just a, mm-hmm. a couple of months. So having said that, do we need to have a, a real and honest discuss- discussion about if there are kids that have been falling behind, and maybe more than we even realize, do we, if we can return to school in the fall, do we need to, do you think, redo the school year this past school year? Well, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of redoing. I don't think it's as simple as that. But we definitely have to make a real and comprehensive plan for the fall that has enough breathing room in it uh, in order to support kids in all the different ways they're going to need support. So what's really important is that, you know, when we soon there'll be funding announced for education in the fall, that there's a lot of extra funding in there for um, special education support, um, even tutors, graduation coaches, um, educational assistance would be incredibly helpful in those early grades where kids are behind. So it's making sure that there's all the extra support there, but also that breathing room so that we're not trying to um, d- it, it pretend that we're, you know, sort of back to normal now. We've got to have all these outcomes in the curriculum. You've got to deliver every single piece of this. It's going to be an extraordinary year. And we have to prepare for it. But I don't think just saying, okay, you're just going to do grade two over again, that's not going to do the trick. Okay. If you think that maybe next year might be an extraordinary year, how would you classify, do you think, uh, this year, Annie, and what students (laughs) and parents have uh, gone through? Uh, Is it... I hate to say it, but is it a lost year, do you think, when it comes to no, education? No, no, I don't think it's lost. I was going to say a nightmare, actually, but maybe that's just <laughs> how I'm feeling today. Um, no, I don't think it's a lost year at all. And I think that we have to acknowledge all the extraordinary things parents have done and kids have done to actually manage this year. All of the uncertainty, all the fear, the anxiety, trying to learn in different ways, all the things that... Uh, you know, teachers and support staff have done principals. There are principals running schools that have 17,000 students in them, you know, and school boards trying to make things work. And it's not lost, you know, and I think that we will find down the line someday that kids have learned a lot of different things. Uh, maybe they learned a lot of swear words. That's what they would have learned if they were in my house. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that they will have learned to find resilience, to be able to, like, that you can be in a crisis and come out of it. So I don't think the the year is lost by any stretch, but the year has definitely, uh, I would say, caused harm. And certainly all the studies coming out of CAMH and children's hospitals are definitely flagging that we've got a real issue here with kids' mental health. It's really scary if you're a kid and 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 you can see that the grown-ups are all really really worried and you're you know so it's a, i think it's been a very very difficult year for young people and also the things they have lost are things that we can kind of belittle as old people i'm old speaking for myself but for them so graduation the experience of middle school grade seven and eight which is so important because of that sort of transition age uh, graduating and going into high school, starting high school in this situation, those are things they're never going to get back. 
And those are those are real losses. So we need to acknowledge the losses that they have had and the anxiety that they've had to live in. But then, you know, and again, I go back to the thing I've just been harping on, harping on for a year. If we had an education advisory task force with experts, we could have all the right people at the table, all the health and, you know, the Canadian Pediatric Society just wrote a big, long letter about what's needed and what they're concerned about. But we need those people at the table together with all the education people to make a real plan for next year. That's not just as simple as let's have a redo, um, but much more complex than that in terms of how do we make sure that we're, we're building back, uh, you know, all of the, all of the skills and competencies that, that kids need and, and shoring up their mental health. Well, listen, that kind of segues into my final question for you this afternoon. Do you believe, are we doing enough when it comes to a return to school for the fall? Because, I mean, you and I talked uh, last summer about this and just uh, how students and uh, parents were kind of left on pins and needles wondering if they were going back in the fall, uh, waiting uh, well into the uh, summer to get word uh, from the government. There are concerns about ventilation systems in schools. I mean, these are things that have to happen, decisions that have to be made right now in order for it all to be in place uh, for the fall. And it seems as if uh, maybe we're just waiting to see, again, what the caseload is. Well, and, you know, I could answer your questions. (laughs) No, I do not think we're ready because I don't think we've pulled together all the right people. I don't think that we're, we're in the right kind of planning stage for the fall. And last year in August, you know, boards were still scrambling you know, trying to figure out what would be acceptable in terms of a model, you know, that, that would be acceptable at the provincial level. And I I hope, I live in hope that actually everybody will be back in school in the fall. Um, but we need to be planning for it right now and in a very big way uh, because things are not going to look the same in the fall, partly to do with safety, but also to do with what everybody has gone through for the last more than a year. Annie Kidder with People for Education. Annie, always appreciate the time and the discussion. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Be well. There goes Annie Kidder.